What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoop Bowl Nets Podcast. So we're back with another episode and um, before we get into what we're going to get into today, we just want to get through the intro. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the Hoopball Nets podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, all of it. Subscribe to us. Leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. Um, shout out to Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other hoop ball podcast. You can find them at High Kona Coffee, that's Kona with a K, on Twitter. And make sure you check their products out on Amazon. Let them know that the Hoop Ball Nets podcast sent you. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Hoop Ball Nets. Um, make sure you tweet at us feedback, criticism, as long as it's constructive, and um, questions, just statements, anything you guys want us to know, just let us know on Twitter. And lastly, shout out to the rest of the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. Um, we got the Kings Podcast, the Lakers Podcast, the Clippers Podcast just started up. Um, we have our podcast, of course. Um, Dan's got his own fantasy basketball podcast. Make sure you guys go subscribe and listen to each and every one of them because uh, Hoop Ball's a family, and we hope that if you listen to us, you listen to them. So with all that out the way, let me read our one and only review. It is titled best nets podcast around it's a five star from jillard 45 it says these guys are the best to get your fix on nets happenings and game recaps they have great takes and even when it's controversial they really get you to consider things you've never even thought of i can't wait to listen throughout next season p.s if you guys ever need a guest on the pod hit me up (laughs) so Jalard, um, we we've honestly been like going back and forth on whether or not we should get guests. Obviously, we want guests, but you know, the thing with us being college students, we don't know how 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 much 
a guest would really take us seriously, which is why we're trying to get the podcast up into like the top charts and everything. So we have the the ammunition to give them, but we definitely want guests to come on the show. Yeah, because we have made one push to get guests, and it was just getting shut down repeatedly. Like we tried to get Shabazz Napier, Alan Williams, Theo Pinson, even even guys on social media who write about the Nets. We we tried to get anybody that was verified or a player, G League players, and we just kept getting shut down repeatedly. Exactly, but they're not going to keep shutting us down because we're going to grow this podcast to be the biggest Nets podcast in the world. But with that being said, today we're really just going to go over uh, the Nets schedule because – and we're going to touch briefly on, you know – um the the Mikhail Prokhorov selling the team and everything but yeah today we're be just gonna briefly touch on the net schedule and everything today should be a shorter episode and I say that literally every single time and we end up going like 50 minutes but today actually it should be a shorter episode but before we get into that we actually do have two listener questions so that's why I emphasize make sure you guys go ask us questions on Twitter right before we're about to record every time I, um, I tweet out make making sure that uh, everyone knows that we're about to record so you guys can tweet us questions. And two people actually did tweet us questions today. And uh, one of them comes from Cordell Rogers at Cord the Lord on Twitter. He mm-hmm. says... He says, after seeing guys like Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert take huge steps last year, which guy on this year's roster has the most potential to take their game to the next level? So when I think of that question... I think of three names in particular, one being Jared Allen, of course, two being Rodion's Karuks, and three being Torian Prince. Now, the one that I would have to go with is actually Torian Prince. I think the Nets got an absolute steal when they got him from the Hawks for basically nothing. Um, He's still only just 24 years old. And a lot of people sleep on Torian Prince, but like I said, he's still 24 years old. He last season with the Hawks, he shot 44.1% from the field, shot 39% from three, averaged 13.5 points. Um, he is a little bit of a turnover specialist, but you know, once he continues to develop his game, that could take the next step with KD missing most of the season. I feel like Torian Prince will have the opportunity to step in right away and contribute. And he's shown multiple times he can light up a box score. And if he can, the Nets are going to need scoring from outside from other players not named Kyrie Irving. And Torian Prince should, if given the correct opportunity, be able to provide that. So, Hunter, who are you going with? So, out of the three people you said, which are the obvious names, I, I discard Jared Allen. Not that he's bad. Uh, I just think with DeAndre Jordan being there, they're in a pretty even timeshare. Allen's probably not going to improve much on what he was last year. He'll be a, about a double-double and two blocks a game. He'll solid. I don't think he's going to improve a whole lot. Karuks, in terms of physicality and fundamentals of the game, he can probably improve the most. But the opportunities will be given to Prince as a starter before Karuks. So I also had Prince as my number one. And Prince is mainly going to improve in terms of spotlight from the so, from social media and 
everything because he was on the Hawks before. They weren't winning games. Now he's going to be in Brooklyn on a winning team playing efficient basketball, averaging probably 15 points a game and shooting the ball well, and he's going to get recognition for being the good player that he is. And hopefully he'll be able to uh, contribute enough that the Nets make the playoffs. And Torian Prince might actually be one of the biggest playoff sleepers the Nets have. Because if he's able to light it up in the playoffs against whatever team the Nets might run into, then uh, the Nets could be a big problem when it gets to playoff time. I see him as a slightly more efficient Damari Carroll. And Damari Carroll had a great year last year. They are very similar in play styles. Carroll is more of a veteran and smart player, but Prince can develop that as he gets older. He's only going into his fourth season, and he is a better shooter. So even though Damari Carroll was a good three-point shooter, I think Prince is a better shooter and will help them this upcoming season. So with that, yes, both of our uh, picks for Cord the Lord's question is Torian Prince. And we have one last question from Steven Vitovich. It says, where would you rank Spencer Dinwiddie in terms of team value on the Nets? And does he rank above Karis LeBert? So I feel like Hunter and I have two different answers for this one. Um, me personally, I would say that he does not rank above Karis LeVert for the simple fact that the Nets are going to be relying on Karis LeVert to make a big jump and look like the all-star caliber player that he did before he got injured in the beginning of last season. So they're going to be expecting, we're going to be expecting, almost everyone is going to be expecting 19 to 20 points per game out of Karis LeVert. And if he doesn't get that, that's a huge disappointment to not only Nets fans, but probably the entire NBA because he's going to be thrust into the spotlight as well. So I feel like his team value, they, he, he's right up there with Kyrie and KD because so many people view him as that second cog while KD is out and that third player in a big three while KD comes back. So I feel like Spencer Dinwiddie is third right under Karis LeVert. Yeah, I I do not agree with that at all. But it's it's not because I don't have high hopes for Karis. It's because I feel like Dinwiddie is going to perform at the same level he did last season, if not a little bit higher. And I believe that's just more of an impact important role than Lavert will have. Although Lavert is starting at the two, he has Kyrie in his starting lineup. He probably has Jared Allen. He has Joe Harris in his starting lineup, probably. Unless Atkinson makes changes. And Dinwiddie will anchor the bench. It's like taking Lou Williams away from the Clippers. You you lose a majority of your bench scoring, leaving the bench a mess. And Dinwiddie also is a tremendous defensive player. His on-ball defense is one of the best off the bench in the entire NBA. Yeah, but Lou Will, the Clippers also have, Lou Will isn't a higher value on the Clippers than KD, I mean, than Kawhi or Paul George. 
obviously. In but this scenario, without, K- him. without KD, then Karis LeVert would be that secondary player. There is none. That's what I'm getting at. Kyrie is the one, and then it's a whole lot of twos. There's no second, there's no duo to complete him, which is the reason the Nets are not winning the East in all reality. Every I t- argue that his duo would be Karis LeVert while KD's out. The duo, because Karis is not overpowering enough in a sense that he can even match Jason Tatum. What? He can't match half of the team's duos that are in the playoffs in the league period maybe not his level now but that's the point of him developing throughout the offseason to come out next season and be able to match if not outplay them he is the closest person to that duo right now and he anchors the bench he has tremendous defense that they're going to need down the stretch of games and he that's why he's going to play at the end of games and he has a clutch factor that he showed I think you're underselling Karis because the entire point people are hyped for Karis this off this offseason because they feel like he's going to take that next step next season. He was I'm not almost an all star, but the the fact that he was averaging about 20 points, correct? Yeah. And then he gets this injury, and then he ends the season at 13.7 points a game. And then he's the Nets' leading playoff scorer. He was. The the issue was he was the number one before that injury. Okay, yes, because Dilo was off. He's the number two, okay. or not even the number two, because he was still coming back from the injury. Okay, but they were also bringing him off the bench because he still wasn't I completely agree. right. Is so ball dominant that while he's on the court with Karis, which he will, Karis will be limited. See, I feel like if Kyrie is the reason, in my opinion, that the Celtics young players did not become 20 point per game scores quicker than they did, which they will this season. Tatum Brown, probably about 15 to 17. But I feel like if Kyrie's going to change his ways on any team it's going to be this Nets team. And what is he going to change to? Are you expecting him to go to 18 points and 12 assists? That that just No, but he can he can still put up his twenty to twenty two and Karis get his too. It's not unheard of that two players average twenty points per game. Obviously not, but it is for a Kyrie led team unless Kyrie's the number two. Which until K D comes back, he's not. When Kyrie was one, he was one. He shot the most shots. No, I feel no, like near 20 points. I feel like Kyrie will be able to give some of that production over to Karis LeVert and take some. If he needs to take an L and not take 30 shots per game, obviously that's an exaggeration. Then he will take that L, to be honest. I think he'll be okay. I think he'll die down his chucking. And I think Karis LeVert will step into his own and become a true. I don't think he'll be an all-star next year, but I think he, he might be in the, the conversation for most improved player. Take a Pascal Siakam-like leap, like leap. I believe that Dinwiddie and Karras, at best, will have around the same 16 points a game behind Kyrie's 23-24. You think Dinwiddie and Karras will have the same 16 points per game? Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that. 
Lavert is going to go much higher than I believe his max is 18 next season. And uh, 18 is still a lot better than he was for the course of this whole season. That's still an improvement. I'm not saying he's not going to improve. I just don't think that he is a star. We could argue about this forever, but let's move on to the Nets schedule. So the way the Nets released their schedule was actually pretty creative, to be completely honest. They basically – if you've ever played 2K – I feel like you talk about 2K 24-7. If you've ever played 2K, um, when you do a My GM or a My League, the way they set up the schedule is like in the – it's like a calendar with squares with the, the little – logo of the team you play in the middle or the bottom right i can't exactly remember right now but that's basically what the nets used to release their schedule they basically did a my league my gm schedule release on 2k and so breaking down the net schedule they have the 12th most nationally televised games with 20 and that's a huge leap because they only had six last season and they were the sixth seed so now Obviously, adding KD and Kyrie have done something to their national uh, their national media attention because now they went from 6 to 20 games in just a year. So the Knicks, on the other hand, they have 6. If you take out NBA TV games, they have 3. 3 nationally televised games for the New York Knickerbockers. Now, let me explain something. And this is what's so unfortunate with how their offseason turned out. They strike out on the big three, right? Kyrie, KD, Zion, the dream. They get Kyrie and KD, they'd have 20 games. And, and that's crazy because that's two of the top 10 players in the NBA. But let's say even they strike out on them, but they still manage to land the number one pick and they got Zion, well, right now they'd have 30 national televised games based solely off the fact that they'd have Zion. Have all three of them, and they would have probably had 40 nationally televised games. (laughs) They go from having potentially 40 nationally televised games to six. Yeah, and we're saying that because the the Pelicans Pelicans have 30 nationally televised games which ranks ninth in the nba exactly so they have 30 nationally televised games which is obviously 10 more than the nets do and they uh didn't make the playoffs last year and their best players drew holiday compared to the nets Kyrie Irving. and it's crazy because the knicks will probably finish in a similar seed in the east as the pelicans will in the west it's just crazy to me that the the Pelicans can lose the best player that their franchise has ever had and still get more nationally televised games than the Nets just because of Lonzo Ball and Zion Williamson. I I'll guarantee. Lonzo Ball. Because Don't watch that guy. Okay, relax. People definitely are hyped for the Pelicans because of Lonzo Ingram. No, they're hyped because of Zion. No, they're hyped because of Lonzo okay. Ingram, Zion. They're Lonzo hyped. Ingram, blah, They're hyped blah. because of Lonzo Ingram, Akeel, and Akeel, Zion. Walker, J.J. Redick, blah, blah, Zion. That's what matters. Alonzo, Ingram, Zion, Drew Holiday. That's why everyone's hype. They have 30 because of Zion. They have. If they just had Zion, they'd have 20. No. Yes. <laughs> That's just not true because they have just Zion right now. They don't have just Zion. They have Alonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. Oh, it's not like they're anything. 
Okay, whatever. I'm not doing this with you. So, this- in case you guys didn't know, I just like making fun of them because of how much Najee has praised them before they got traded to the Pelicans. Because they're nice. And then now suddenly, suddenly it's like they don't matter because they're on the Pelicans. I okay. just said that they're nice. Yes. This is like the first time you've admitted it. Lonzo Ball is tremendously about. Oh, Ingram. Oh, he's not that great. It's fine. It's fine. Lonzo Ball. Yeah, it is fine when you get Anthony Davis back in return. But Lonzo is a a great point guard. I think he'll be an all star within the next three years. Same with Ingram. I think he's going to take a next step next year. So uh, watch out for that. I do think Lonzo is a great point guard for the record. But you don't like Ingram. I don't like Ingram, no. I don't know I, why. He's, he's, I think he'll never average more than 22 points a game. Okay, that's still a good career. I don't think he'll touch more than three All-Star games. Okay, a three-time All-Star averaging 22 points per game. He's making the, Nace, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, kid. If he averages 22 in his career, his career, I don't think he's averaging 22. I give him a nice 16.4. Nah, he'll probably average at least 20 in his career. He's only 21. And? He still has at least nine good years of good production. Excuse me for all my stutters. It is approximately 2 a.m. and (laughs) It's getting real. That's not you speak English. Okay. So, the net strength of schedule, based on the Vegas over-unders, According to Jared Dubin on Twitter, um, the Nets have the fifth easiest schedule tied with the Celtics and Pistons and behind only the Bucks, Heat, and Sixers. Um, January is when they face their toughest competition. They have the third hardest schedule in January. They play the Jazz, Sixers twice, Bucks, and Lakers all in a nine-day span. That is is approximately four out of five losses. That's insane. In a nine-day span, you play Jazz, Sixers, Sixers, Bucks, Lakers? Yeah, they will beat the Lakers. Yeah, of course you say that. Uh, I think they'll beat the Sixers one of those two games and lose to everyone else. And then in March, they take the California road trip and take on the Lakers, Clippers, Kings, and Warriors in a five-day span. Oh, wow. So fifth easiest schedule, but those... How many games? Those nine games are pretty difficult. In five days, they play Lakers, Clippers, Kings, Warriors. That's all. They have one day break, and one day rest. Probably the four best teams in the West. Yeah, Lakers, Clippers, Warriors. That's insane. And then they might get beat by the Kings because the Kings are no well, no laughing matter. The Warriors game will be fun. D'Angelo Russell, you know. Oh, yeah, that's going to be his revenge game on the Nets. I would really love to see him. This is That's like one of the games I will root against the Nets. I really hope he drops about 65 points. I hope he just destroys Kyrie. I hope he just yeah. destroys I him. He, like, breaks his ankles a few times, like 40 bombs him. Breaks his ankles a few times. And then, so the Nets have... The um fourth easiest pre All Star um schedule and eleventh easiest post All Star schedule It's great because KD might be back post All Star game and he won't be back pre All Star, so they need the easy schedule early. I'm saying KD comes back. I was supposed to say this later in the podcast, but I'm saying it now. KD comes back March third. 
March 3rd against the Boston Celtics. Boom. Mark my words. He'll be back March 3rd against the Boston Celtics. Not at 100%. He'll be on a minutes restriction, but he'll step foot on the court in a Nets uniform. We said their first game of March, so. Yeah, I think you said March 1st and I said March 2nd, but turns out uh, they don't play those days, so. Um, moving on, Brooklyn has the sixth biggest rest advantage. So if you don't want to know what a rest advantage is, it is the number of games which each team plays a game with less, equal, or more rest than their opponents. They have the largest rest advantage in November, and the Nets' longest road trip is just five games. Since the NBA is trying to cut down on back-to-backs, uh, they've lowered the amount of back-to-backs for a fifth straight season, and the Nets only have 11 this season, which is tied for the fewest. So that's so, great. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the Nets really have many old players, so the rest will only be good for them anyway, but... DeAndre Jordan's probably the one that will benefit from rest the most, to be honest. Yeah, he'll need rest, which is the games that Jared Allen will start, play 30 minutes, and uh, prove why he should have been starting the whole time. And so with that, we leave you with the Nets' official record prediction from well, – are we doing individual ones? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be pretty similar either way, but – yeah, so our official schedule predictions for the Nets, I have them going 51-31. and 31. Um, I think they're going to take a good, a, a pretty monstrous next step next season, especially Karis LeVert. And I feel like since they already have one of the easiest schedules in the league, uh, the NBA itself is blessing them and allowing them the opportunity to get better without having one of the hardest schedules and having to face the Bucks, Sixers, Raptors eight times a year. So with this easy schedule, I think he's going to lend to the Nets having a 51 and 31 record and obviously making the playoffs in the East. I give the Nets a record of 49 and 33. Damn, you don't think they are a 50-win team? I believe they will fall just short of 50 wins at 49. Yeah, I could see it. I, I'm not I'm not locked in on the 51 wins, but I, it felt good when I typed it. So I'm going to go with 51 and 31. And that is it for the uh, net schedule. We're looking forward. Preseason basketball obviously starts in a couple of we- a couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks, and uh, the NBA will be back before you know it. We'll be right back to watching Nets games. And speaking of the Nets, obviously, uh, Mikhail Prokhorov sold the Nets for three point five billion dollars. He was he owned fifty one percent of the Nets, and then he sold the Nets to Joe Sy, who owned forty nine percent. So he was the minority owner, and. Uh, the three point five billion was the largest purchase of any professional team in sports history. So that just goes to show how big of a franchise the Nets are becoming and how valuable they're becoming. I feel as though it's it's kind of like a changing of the guard because he 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 was the Nets' old owner and now he's moving it to a more um, an owner willing to take more risks, an owner willing to spend more money. I well, would say no, no, because. Prokhorov made a risk, all right? That he was the owner when they decided to not that he did this, he wasn't the GM, but he was the owner when they decided to get Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. 
I don't think that was a risk to, for the best. Let, let me rephrase. An owner willing to take risks that will uh, be in the best interest of his franchise rather than not. But yeah, that is uh, that is what the Nets are up to. They just got their schedule. We think they're going to – Hunter has them at 59, 49 wins. I have them at 51 wins. They sold for $3.5 billion and now Josiah completely owns all of the Nets basically. And uh, yeah, they're going into the season in probably the best shape they've ever been in. Team-wise, they've got a whole bunch of pieces ready to contribute, and we can't wait to see what they end up doing this season just like the rest of you. And like I said, this is going to be a short episode. So with that, we're going to call it, and uh, we hope you guys enjoyed listening. Uh, Shout-out to Hawaiian House Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other Hoop Ball podcast. You can find them on Twitter at Coffee. That's Kona with a K. Make sure you let them know that Hoop Ball Nets podcast sent you. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. Um, you can follow us individually. I'm at Adams underscore, and Hunter is at Hunter underscore JKR. Both of our Twitter links will be in the little bio of the podcast. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you subscribe, download, do the whole nine, and uh, leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. And uh, make sure you just interact with us, whether it's on iTunes, in the reviews or Twitter by tweeting at us questions or responses, statements, criticism, anything. We're lucky to have it and we can't wait to get it from you guys. So with and, all and that the next oh. episode should come around the first of September because I will be out of the state for the next ten days. Yeah, Hunter is going where are you going? Florida, right? Yep. Yeah, he's going to Florida and uh I'm currently doing RA training, which takes up literally nine hours of my day so, we, so in uh around september 1st should be our next episode yeah that's why we had to record at 2 a.m right now because i just literally got done with ra training like two hours ago and uh hunter is about to leave in a couple couple days so we had to get this one out for you guys so we hope y'all all enjoyed with that being said we'll see you all next time This has been a HoopBall presentation. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home, and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.